Hello and welcome to Clean Your Fucking House, Bitch, with Nancy, Kevin, and Lou. In our program, we get real about the challenges of life and living. Your mind is the most powerful tool you have to ensure you are on your desired path for success and satisfaction. Yet, from the day you are born, you gradually and subconsciously fill it with tons of useless shit that gets in your way. Why is that? How can you clean that mess up? We'll show you how. Get ready to clean your fucking house. Welcome, friends and listeners. So happy you have joined us today for this, our 51st episode. If you have not yet listened to our 50th anniversary, 50 episodes, not 50 years, none of us are that old. Uh, <laughs> please check it out. It is a great episode where all of each of us share a little bit more about ourselves and some of our own stories, which leads us to today's episode. We are now in the month of May, and you may have heard this saying, April showers bring May flowers. You, Some of you may know from listening to our prior episodes, <laughs> Kevin and I are from Chicago. Nancy is from the San Francisco area of California. And I don't know how exactly the weather is there in, say, April, Nancy. But here, I know Kevin and I are like, damn, in Chicago, it's it's pretty cold all the way up through April. It's not like, you know, there's a lot of showers, there's a lot of snow. So we're thinking, you know what? April showers bringing May flowers. It's more like May showers bringing maybe some June flowers. So our theme, folks, is all about that going from otherwise doom, gloom, I guess, to Zoom and Vroom and Shroom, however you want to say it, from the negative side to the positive side and just moving from something that isn't so great onto something that is better for us. So getting out of a funk maybe be a, might be a great way to say it. Who would like to start off with some of their own thoughts on, our, on, on my newly phrased May showers bringing in some June flowers? Nancy? Let's start with how do we each feel today and see what our current feeling could convert to. Like I'm feeling a little bit envious that you guys have better weather than me. Like I'm cold and tired of it. It's too hot. I would love bring it. So a little jealous and a little, little jealous and a little just, you know, like that cooped up feeling, which I know you guys know in spring when you're just done with winter and you're waiting for something better to come. I'm feeling like I want the outdoors, but I'm not, but it's cold and windy and uncomfortable. So I'm feeling, eh. I can relate. Yeah. When it was colder and when it started to get cold, let's say last October, November, whenever it it started to get a little cooler and we're forced to be inside on top of COVID forced, we're further forced. It felt like I was living in a cave since then because very couldn't get out. A lot of things were still locked down or whatever the case may be. It was just very difficult to be out there around people enjoying life. And what I really like now, in terms of the weather, because I was able to enjoy it myself over the past few days, is I just went outside and I got some sun and I just put myself around people, which is exactly what I needed. So my spirit today is really joyous because of the fact that I was able to move from my own doom and gloom scenario of of being cooped up and not around people to then being with them. And I got to say, that just was like a huge dose of, what is it, dopamine? What are some of those happy juices that uh, just really 
you know, I could just people watch all day and I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I have to uh, agree. I'm on the same page uh, as Lou. I feel good. Although it is super hot out, but like getting up early in the morning and going to different clients and stuff. It's like, it's nice to have the windows down, turn the music on and just cruise. So, I mean, the weather does have an impact and the, the way that you guys talked about the phrase, April showers bring May flowers. When we, before we started recording, you mentioned like that it has a correlation to like dark times or rainy days. And then, looking forward to the the growth and the bloom of beauty in the following month and it got me to thinking you know when not that the weather hasn't pissed me off in the past when something like when it rains on a day that it really doesn't need to rain when it's important that it doesn't but normally the weather doesn't impact us or at least myself in a way where I'm like pissed off that something is going on and having to really figure out, like, I guess it's out of my control. Right. So I'm dealing with a a rainy month or whatever it is like undesired weather. I'm not trying to sit there and figure out my life. Like what can I do to change the weather? And so it got me to thinking with these moments that we go through in life, what are both of your opinions on needing to take control to to have control and create change versus just waiting out things knowing that it's going to change. So I wanted to kind of get both of your input on that. What what do you feel is most valuable for us or is it partly controlling what we can within ourselves and being patient and and accepting the impermanence of life knowing that everything always works out in the end? What are your thoughts? Wow, there's a lot in there. It's all of the above, um, kind of, because I, when you said take control, I was like thinking, yeah, you know, that's that is what we need to do. But you also need to accept things for what they are, to work through them, and find patience in doing that. So, you know, it's really some of each of those things. But if we sit and wait, we're not necessarily going to get the outcome in the time that we could. Um, or at all. And so we should be willing to take action, but but be patient in the process. I guess. But, but have acceptance as well. Yeah. And if you're if you're working towards it, sometimes it doesn't do what you hope it would, right? You don't get the results. But even more of a situation where you should focus on acceptance and patience and I feel like having compassion with yourself. Absolutely. Lou, what's your, what's your take? The key word, of course, in all of this is control. You you mentioned that word and Nancy kind of expound it on that, on that word. I think that's the right word that I just use. Expound means to expand. Hopefully. Sounds good. I'm a, I'm a math major, not a grammarian. So who knows? Sometimes (laughs) words come out of my mouth. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Anyway, control. Oh, see, I just made up another one. Here we go. Uh, anyway, when I think about being in that doom and gloom place and, and I've been there and there still are times when I find myself either there or going there. And that is exactly the word that comes to my mind. Of course, in the negative sense is feeling out of control. Years ago, I would feel not just out of control, 
but would feel like I can't get back in control. In other words, I would feel, oh my God, I'm a lost cause. That's it. I'm spiraling like out. Like hope, hopelessness? Out. Hopeless. I need help. Someone else has to do it. I can't do this alone. Like everything would be completely uh, like I just, you know, I'm, I'm a lost cause. I'm a failure, whatever. All those things would come into my mind. Even when I have those days now, and they still, we share this in some of our other episodes. We're not perfect. We have some of those off days. I know now that okay, I may feel a little out of control now. Something's going on, something external. I'm just not able to completely control it. But I know that I can get that control back. And I think that's a key difference. And I think all of us, our listeners, our friends, our family, uh, realize that that is possible. We can get back in control. So when we say take control, that sounds like, okay, you now have to either motivate yourself or make those steps toward getting that back. It's almost like a, a physical lunge or a mental lunge. But I think it's also important when we're not in a state of control to know that, okay, you know what? I will get it back. Nancy used the word patience. Maybe patience is part of it. Okay. I don't know how long this will take, but you know what? I'll get there. In the meantime, let me not hate myself. Let me not be so down on myself. A little bit of that self-compassion. Uh, whatever it takes, I am going to move in that direction, but know that it'll, it'll happen, whether it's a day, an hour, a year, well, I'm not going to say a year, hopefully <laughs> sooner than well, that. It might be, it might be a year. True. Depending yeah. on what the issue is, but I think it's important to know we within us have that power to get that control back. And you mentioning those timelines, I feel like has value because with the phrase that we're dedicating this episode to, we know in a month it's probably going to be a lot brighter and nicer out but when we're going through the shit there is no set timeline you know i think so part of it's the unknown that causes us to possibly overthink overanalyze and then start feeling those subsequent emotions that are attached to the negative thoughts that we have and feel like it's never going to change yeah. How often are we in a funk or a doom and gloom state and go, you know what? It, it's never going to get better. When we think of the seasons, you know, yeah, you know, it might be 40 now, but I know a week from now, a month from now, it's going to be 70 or 80 or 90. So that's, you hit the nail on the head, the, the known versus the unknown. Excellent. I think point. so. Yeah, I think so. That's a good, the good perspective, Kevin. I think I cringe a little bit when I hear each of you use the word control, but only for the reason that part of being able to have any control is remembering what we control. And I think we feel like we're supposed to control the things around us. And we have to really remember that we only control what we say and do. And so and the patience and how we feel, right. And the patience and the acceptance come for all those things that are happening around us and remembering we don't need to try to manage what we can't control. Like that's where we have to, learn to let go and focus on the things that we can control. And I, th I think that's easily forgotten because, because, because even when, even us, you know, in this, in this wellness environment are talking about taking control and it feels like it should be a big, broad control. And it's, it's really about controlling our own actions and words. That's a very good point. I mentioned th that we, uh, Need to know. I'm going to use the word need, even though I don't use that word much because need should do that. It sounds a little too um, uh, forceful. But in this case, we need to know that we can get control back. But exactly as you said, it isn't controlling the outside, it's controlling ourselves. And by the same, 
analogy by the same um, flip side of the coin is we need to know that when we are in the funk, it could be due to something outside our control and that, okay, there, whereas we can't do anything about that. Um, We need to go in a different direction or if it is something within our control, okay, how can I shift gears or, or do something else to change what I'm not liking about something that I can control? Yeah. Well, I have a example of someone I was talking with yesterday and, and, you know, they're feeling, um, this is a person who experiences depression and describes their state of being as even killed. I'm always even killed. And what is even killed? The constant state of annoyance, you know, like, um, annoyed and downtrodden. And so we just said, what if, what if even killed wasn't a negative thing. What if even killed was a, a neutral thing? We don't even have to go positive, right? We don't <laughs> just, what if it was a neutral thing? And, and if it was a neutral thing, what could downtrodden be, you know, and, and what could annoyed be instead? And just making that kind of a shift, just a slight tiny shift. But it's the piece that, it's just a reminder of the piece that we control. So this person could control the words that they say, And that controls the way that they think. And instead of thinking even I'm even keeled, you know, as a, as a blah, it's like, I'm even keeled and feeling the difference for themselves. So they, they were going to practice using I'm even keeled. And if someone asked how they were doing, they'd say I'm satisfied um, or I'm mellow, you know, and shift a language shift. So if anyone's wondering how, how do we do that? It's, that's one example of some words we use ourselves that we can make the shift happen. Yeah. I can empathize with uh, feeling annoyed by a lot of things that occur in life. <laughs> and what's your, what's your take on, I guess, my perception and what's helped me to understand the way that I've shifted my mindset towards these feelings that are, are some, they, they seem unavoidable and unshakable sometimes for me, it's, you know, if I'm feeling some type of feeling annoyed as an example or angry and I really pay attention and do some introspection, I realize that those are the things that I'm focusing on. Like, I think we can find whatever we're looking for. And if we are looking at not even, you know, consciously looking for, but looking at things that annoy us, like what other what other outcome could there possibly be? We're going to start to feel the effects of paying attention to these things that get under our skin. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, my daughter doesn't listen, so I'm going to share about her because she'd be annoyed. Oh, <laughs> I hope she annoyed. tunes into this episode. <laughs> Taking a page out of Lou's book. <laughs> yeah. I love family stories. Here we go. But, you know, she talks to me a lot when she's in transit to and from work. So she's on the road and it's always about that asshole. It cut me off this thing, that person, they're stupid. What do they think is going to happen? What do you, you know, and one, then that's, what's always coming at me. And I'm like, I don't know, do I need this? And that's what she's feeling. And that's her tone. And that's her feeling. She gets where she is. And she's like, yeah, because that's what she's given herself on that drive. And God, you know, if, if she didn't have to comment, I mean, that person that cut off, cut her off is probably an asshole. I'm in agreement, but, but maybe we don't have to focus on that to your point, Kevin, and focus on some other aspects so that your feelings can be different when you arrive. Well, and if we're, and if we're paying attention, especially when we're in the doom and gloom state, two things like annoyance and anger 
suffering, uh, unfairness, jealousy. I mean, that's taking our energy away from things that we can do from a more positive perspective. Uh, but first of all, I actually thought the word even keeled was neutral. I'm, I didn't realize it had a negative connotation. Only to that person, maybe. Maybe it is. Uh, but, but that okay. person was owning it as as a negative thing. So, Oh, and then I'm thinking, is there a word uneven keeled? But anyway, <laughs> the, the whole thing about focusing on negative energy also, or, or putting our attention there, also re- reminded me, and of course, I'm going to share my own little family story because it's more of a comical story. But um, Did I boy, open that door? You did. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. I appreciate that. I was, w- whenever I talk to my mom, it's usually a three to four hour conversation, believe it or not. And partly because maybe we don't uh, talk as often as I'd like because it's hard to catch each other. But when we do, I can't talk, we can't talk less than three hours. Of course, I'm listening and she's talking for probably two hours and 50 minutes of that. But it's okay. You know, she's my mom. I love her. She can talk as long as she wants. But what's interesting is, I'll say of the three hours, two, two and a half hours of it is usually complaining. And like you said, this, the, your, your sisters did this and your brothers did that and da, da, da. But most of it, as you might expect with elderly folks, is the neighbors. Oh, my God, the neighbors on that side, the McDonald's, they're always loud as heck with all their parties and they're smoking those drugs and all that stuff. And then we got the Kennedys on the right side there. They got all of their cars and all in the road. My mom lives in a cul-de-sac, so uh, a lot of the neighbors will park their cars in the kind of the circle area. And they're blocking my driveway. I can't get out. And and their kids are running all on my bushes. Two and a half hours of this. Two and a half. And I'm listening. And years ago, I would kind of say, Mom, all you do is complain. Can we talk about something else? Every time. Da, da, da. But I'm like, okay, you know what? Again, as she's getting on in ears, I don't know how many are left. I'll give her her pleasure of, of getting all of this out. And I'll just listen. I did my best to pivot at one point when I was able to get my, my, my voice in there because she also talks very uh, constantly and frequently as I'm doing right now. This is where I get it from. So it's kind of hard to get a word in there edgewise. But when I finally did, I said, Mom, what are you going to do today? It's a wonderful day out there. Well, I was supposed to go visit your sister. I said, oh, that's nice. Please sorry. I said, yeah, but I don't think I'm going to go. I said, oh, why not? She goes, every time up there, all she does is complain about the neighbors. Yeah, I think that's a thing. We're unaware. (laughs) We're unaware of ourselves doing it. And that's why we have to have a check. And that's part of, I love that, Lou. And that's part of taking control is awareness, right? And so checking in with myself on mute. So, because I was laughing so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it is what we focus on. And that's funny. But, but she's not aware. And if she were, yeah, that would probably have a different experience. That is, that is ironic. But you know what's interesting about that? Even that, and my mom is somebody that would never listen to what we do, or even if she did, not that she doesn't want to, I'm sure she would be like, oh yeah, I'd love to listen to you. She wouldn't get it. She's just from a generation and a time when this stuff was never talked about, or it, it would kind of go over her head, just not there, which is fine. But when I actually pointed that out to her, I said, well, mom, you know, that's interesting. You know, it's you find you're annoyed or whatever when you talk to Sister A. I'm not going to use names here, um, and and you get annoyed. You know who she you talks are, about Sister the name. A. Yeah, and I said, do you? So, what do you? You know, do you understand how that might affect other people who listen to you with your stories about the neighbors? I tried to not put it in a negative light, but there was a pause. There was some silence, and oh, okay, like wow, a breakthrough. <laughs> and then she was like, and then the neighbors here. You're exactly right. Then she went there. Okay. But then on the, down the street, we got 
so-and-sos. You know what, though? I feel like those are good examples of things that we might focus on uh, unconsciously, unintentionally, that really don't need to have an impact in our lives at all if we choose to not allow it to have an impact. So if it's something that is bothering us and, you know, maybe she's venting to get it out, but if an option was to just, you know, kind of ignore those things or focus on something that creates more of a positive emotion for you. Yeah. I feel like and that I'm like, would have a, a good effect. Well, I thought, you know what, even if you could go knock in the neighbor's door and express your thoughts or feelings on them parking, whatever, something like that, go make friends. And uh, she didn't see that as an option. So that was kind of like uh, an interesting interesting thing. But then exactly what you just said, I'm like, okay, you know what? She is focusing on this thing and it's bothering her. It's annoying her. And God knows, you know, two and a half hours on the phone with me, how many hours during the day when she's not on the phone with anyone. But that was me years ago. You know, I'm talking back is starting 30, 40 years ago when she, this personality trait of her kick in. Yeah, is I would get annoyed <laughs> and I would, she and I would butt heads a lot because I'm like, oh, you do a scuffling by that. You know, now I'm like, okay. Uh huh. So I had to change my own perspective yeah. and outlook and how I react or how she's reacting about someone else reacting. Yeah, Jack. It's very ingrained. And it's yeah. difficult, I think, for yeah. people like us that want to help others. Because when we hear someone complaining, we're automatically starting to think of ways that we could potentially help a person to have them not feel it. But I think a lot of, a lot of people just, it's a habit, you know, it's something that's, it's been that way for a while and there's no, there's no awareness that it's causing any type of negativity. And so when we become an outlet for that, sometimes we end up absorbing some of that energy because we're having to listen to a lot of this. So for anyone that's maybe in a situation that's similar, the person on the receiving end, it's important to uh, consider setting boundaries so that you don't have to engage in things that, that pull you down if it does. Because it can when someone's complaining constantly, but they do nothing to change it. It's like, why, why even mention it? Yeah. It feels like a weight. What I like that Lou chose was to accept it and give her that space without carrying it, you know? So there was a matter of choice in there and recognition. And I imagine, you know, that she lives alone and she, that is what she sees because that's what's happening around her. And she doesn't talk to many people I'm discussing. And so when she does, those are the first things that come because that's what her experience is. As you said, Kev, she not does, maybe she what lives, she wants her experience to be. Yeah, that, that's certainly part of it. My brother still lives with her. My handicapped brother, believe it or not, she's taking care of an 87 year old woman, taking care of a 60 something year old son. And she refuses to put him in a, 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 a home where he can be cared for anything like that god bless her god bless her yes she's she's an incredible woman and she did mention that that um she she even used the word alone you know almost brought a tear to my eyes she says well i'm kind of lonely sometimes because your brother's in his room doing his thing and he doesn't always want to be bothered because he likes his tv shows i like mine all that i'm like okay i said well you know 
do some some things together and, and they started doing that but I, I one thing that i started with both of them some years ago is because of this negativity thing and, and kevin you mentioned this it's so ingrained that neural pathway is so freaking strong that she does it unconsciously and doesn't know that she's doing it but i said with her brother and i made her aware of this because we're going to do a little exercise when i'm not around i said you know mom when you have a lot of negative talk especially toward my brother not in general but even toward him I said, Wes, use a, a keyword or a safe word or any kind of word that'll immediately spark awareness with mom so that she knows how you, you know, where things are going with herself. It'll make her be aware. I forgot what the word was, fluffy, spot, something like that. So whenever mom would start to go down a negative path and say negative things, my brother, spot, spot. <laughs> and, it, you know, it, it, it helped. It actually helped. It, it began to... It, create within her moments of that awareness. And it was great I that like, she recognized. I like, I like the, the concept and that they're doing it. And I like spot because it's like calling the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, spot. You can have some humor in the moment as well. Yeah. I feel like it's always more difficult, at least for me to handle some type of situation or emotion once it's already had some type of effect versus learning how to be proactive and catch something that might bother you right when it starts or when you identify it before it really hits. So like being very conscious and aware of the things that will trigger you, catch them as quickly as possible and then shift, you know, shift your attention to something. So I think that idea can be applied to to a single person just try to catch catch yourself and maybe create a keyword for yourself or what worked for me was when i would notice myself you know drifting into some type of reactive state i will shift over to something i'm grateful for and instead just focus on that because again we always talk about how we all have a lot to be grateful for I wanted to go back, though, um, with the, you know, talking about how things are unknown when we're going through shit. Uh, We don't know how long certain things will last. Um, I think one of the things that we can do and focus on is learning more about some of those unknowns, you know, like something that may occur in life that is out of our control that has a big impact on us. And it's something like something unavoidable that we know it'll eventually happen again. Um, Like specifically, I'm thinking of like losing a loved one, right? Something we can't avoid that we know is going to happen. It's a certainty. How do we deal with, with death? How do we mourn? How do we grieve? And by going down that path and learning a little bit more and gaining a perspective based on things that you find that resonate deeply with you. I feel like, you know, obviously you're going to have a more well-rounded understanding of that type of situation or event, but you're also learning how you can handle it and identify how it's affecting you and then maybe not go so deep down into those dark times next time something happens. And every time moving forward, you know, you just become 
more authentically you because you're taking what resonates with you instead of taking what other people tell you unless it resonates with you but you're creating your identity and your own authentic uh what word am i looking for authenticity okay your own authenticity yeah so just it it creates more strength for you um in order to support yourself i feel like absolutely i think it always helps to break it down too, you know further like then take that uncertain thing and not to be doom and gloom but but to ask what what could be the worst case scenario all right so this thing causes you uh feelings you don't like yeah what's the worst thing that can happen you know if if the worst came to fruition and but don't stop there and then what could be the best situation that could come out of it and if both of those feel Un- unreasonable after saying them out loud, what's most likely, you know, and, and really break it down because then you're able to consider all the options, not just the one that you're feeling. Yeah. I really like that. And especially from the viewpoint of looking at what, like what negative emotion is most um, like most around, most abundant, most ubiquitous and it's fear, right. As far as negative emotions go and, driving people so when you break it down like that you could come to realize that there's nothing to be afraid of i mean even i think uh, again death a hot topic because it affects everybody like everybody is around it and everybody's gonna die like once you build up your understanding of it whatever that might be you no longer have to fear it and could look at even that as an opportunity for growth and moving on to the next stage and in existence so i think everything can be dissected and not to a fault you can overthink definitely because you want to live in the present experience each moment because you know time flies but there's nothing to be afraid of ultimately you know we all have complete control if we choose to over our thoughts emotions and actions and of course when it comes to fear with, with with many things in life and many people that I've talked to about this uh, through their experiences uh, is say with life changing situations, job or family, something it's always fearing the worst. You know, not uh, that okay. If I lose my job, I just won't be able to have a uh, Maserati. Now I'm going to have to have a Honda. It never, it never goes to that. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to be homeless and I'm going to end up losing my wife and my kid, whatever. It always goes to the most extreme thing. Like say if we were to get laid off or fired or anything like that, it's always the worst, worst thing. And of course, more often than not, and I think Kevin, you, I don't know if you actually quoted a statistic or a case study or something where, you know, something, 80 something percent, 90% of the time, it, it just never comes to the, the worst fear that we always imagine. But in my mind is, well, what would be the worst thing that could happen to anybody? Death. To me, I'd rather be homeless than dead. I'd rather not have a job than be dead. I'd rather be divorced than be dead. I mean, what could be the worst thing of anything in life would be death. I'm not, I don't I feel fear like death. there's a lot, there's a lot more suffering in life though than death. 
the people yeah. that suffer the point. people that suffer during your death are the people that that miss you and loved you. So really, death is going to be a lot easier than yeah, I think a lot of the stuff we go through. But that's part of the reason I feel like we're here is to go through some of these challenges and not just grow as a human being, but grow spiritually. And there's there's never a better teacher than experience, whether it's good or bad. You you always learn and grow the most. You grow the most through the negative shit. Honestly, if you ended up homeless and worked your way through it, I mean, how amazing. Mm. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Empowering. That's empowering. You know, it's funny, too, when it comes to, say, something like death. For me, I'm like, oh, wow. Now I won't be able to continue helping people and, and you know, kind of furthering my own legacy and, and things like that. It's like making an impact on the world. It really has nothing to do. Again, I don't fear death. Um, I'm hoping, well, I don't know how other people would feel. <laughs> oh, my but again, it's about the, the, what, what I feel might be my, my contribution to the world now being taken away. I'm hoping I've made my contribution by then that I'll be, you know, like what Kevin's talking about is that I'll feel like I've explored and learned enough that I, I'm, I'm ready, you know, that I'm ready to accept it. And, and I'm, I'm with you. I don't fear it, but that's because I'm not literally facing it today. So I don't know. <laughs> I think that normally is the case though. And it's just, you know, life always has a way of throwing things at us that we can accept and overcome even when it's really hard. And I think even that, you know, once we get to a point where it's maybe close to the end, I think something does occur within people, uh, a certain amount of acceptance, maybe they haven't fully realized ever before in their lives that, that they gain a perspective of or, or the strength and are able to go. And I don't, I don't believe that our contributions do end when our physical body dies. I think there's, there's a lot left out there for uh, our eternal selves after this physical life ends. I hope so. I think you're right. Oh, yeah. I, know, I know I am for sure. <laughs> and perhaps whatever you think is going to happen is going to happen. And then in that case, I'm still 100% sure. All right. It would then. Just be of a different nature. Yeah. And, and I get that. Um, yeah, I think where I was going is, uh, yeah, the contributions I was making in their forms as they are, but it would be a, a, a different form, 100% agree. Yeah. Or a different earth or a different dimension. Mm -hmm. We don't know, but we will. And that's the exciting thing about death. Like I look at death, like, cause I'm, I'm very inquisitive in my life and I've come to the conclusion that I'm not going to have answers to a lot of the things I have questions for. So I accept that I move on. I try to live a good life and feel joy and, and fulfillment. But once we're, once we die, I feel like we finally know what this mm. life was all about. We finally have the answers that even if we were told them now, I don't, I don't know that our human brains and minds can comprehend the, the gravity of how, how massive our existence really is and what it ends up being. So I feel like we can finally absorb everything that we had questions to everything that maybe didn't make sense or why certain things resonated with us, why we, we were, why we gravitated towards certain people's energy and not others, like all that stuff. 
Have you ever had that feeling in life though? Like, like two things. One, right now, as you were saying that, I'm thinking that's like a kindergartner imagining what it's like to be in the working world. They just can't, they're not ready for it. It's too soon. And, but have you ever had that feeling where something happened in life that felt like why me or whatever? And then, and then later you're like, ah, all of this, you get the meant to be moment, you know, every, every single thing that I've been through, I like during, during going, like while I was going through it, I had, didn't know. And looking back, I always know. And so even now going through things, it still sucks and it's still hard and it takes perseverance and positivity and all that. But deep down, I do know whatever it is I go through, I will one day be able to look back and understand it from a more macro level view of my life. Mm-hmm. Cool. That has to be yeah. comforting. Yeah. I mean, and I yeah. think the more we, that we experience those scenarios or those situations, meaning, okay, you get through one, say, challenge. Okay. It's not, it didn't turn out how I thought it would be. It, it was much less severe going with the odds more often than not, that's the case. And then the more you kind of go through these, it certainly builds within us a, a awareness or um, uh, the knowledge that, yeah, you know what, more often than not, then this next time this happens, it's not going to turn out uh, as bad as I otherwise think it might. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that uh, on my way back to my office today when I was driving and I was going over this bridge. And I don't know why it popped in my head, but I was just thinking like, like, I'm not scared. And I was thinking like, I'm not scared of anything. Like I, you know, it's not that I have everything figured out, but like, it's almost like, I know that I work. I know that I put the effort in. So I just don't give a shit about outcomes that I can't prevent. I'm doing the best that I can. So what more, what more is there to worry about? If you know that you're a good person, you're helping others, you're putting in effort to better yourself and learn and grow and and evolve or whatever like what what is there to worry about nothing no, and you live. said it you said it a few live times your life yeah and acceptance in each aspect of it is what has allowed you to move forward like each thing you've talked about you've talked about being able to accept it for what it is and then that's where the next comes yeah that sounds like it's the euphoric moment is when you're not uh, putting your energy or your, um, your, uh, you're not thinking about the past or your problems or your family or your this or that, anything that uh, of a negative nature, you know, <laughs> related to that any of those a things. Really good. Point. That it's that very freeing. Is what, it is. It, ta- it takes away your courage when you put all of your effort into, into those things, your energy. And to think about those, the minute you let all that go, it's freeing. You feel courageous. You almost feel invincible in many ways. And like you said, you probably feel like you can fly off that bridge and, and fly over the clouds and fly to the moon. I mean, it's just a very euphoric. I just feeling. envision my car driving off the edge of the bridge. Like I'm so happy. Delman <laughs> Louise moment. There we go. Oh, what a wow. beautiful way to move forward though. Acceptance, inner peace and empowerment. Yes. And you know what? Knowing that that will is the light at the end of the tunnel is what will help push all of us away from that doom and gloom and toward the zoom and shroom or rumor, however you want to describe it. <laughs> ah, so, wow. A lot of excellent material and information and stories and everything that we talked about today. Ah, this is very exciting for me. I feel like I'm in such a great place now. Uh, so thank you all for sh- being here today, listening to this episode. 
We hope you found it entertaining, engaging, and got something out of it. We look forward to you joining us on our next one. Bye-bye for now.